DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs or call 877-346-3333. Dylan, good morning. Morning, fellas. How are we doing? We are doing well. How are you? Doing well. Just getting ready for uh, the old Christmas season. Yep. I am curious, since you were speaking of the Christmas season, you know, the bowl season um, used to be, I don't think it used to start right back in the day until like December 27th or whatever. The holiday bowl is way early. Uh, and then it's just basically become TV programming. So as soon as Army-Navy is done, gear up, here comes the bowl season. As an athlete, and you were in Hawaii, and they've had to play Christmas Eve and Christmas Day Hawaii Bowls. I'm wondering how bad that is. I'm wondering when you have to play in one of these early bowls, and they clearly don't have as much status, but you're done and free for Christmas and New Year's. Players can go home. Coaches can hang out with their families. It's a recruiting dead period. How nice is that, and how much do you like to play in a December 29 or 30 bowl game? Because that's when the bowl season really heats up, and, and better games and ranked teams tend to play. How do you rank all that stuff? What, what matters to players? Yeah, um, I think the biggest the biggest thing is actually playing in a bowl game, right, and having that opportunity. You know, as many sponsors as there are right now, and the amount of bowl games that there are. Um, granted, like they're definitely diluted, and there are definitely a lot of games that are washed out. But um, it still is a great experience, no matter the game that you play in, to just be able to go and hang out with your teammates in a much you know more loose environment. Um, like to me, outside of and, and obviously growing up with the bowl experience, right, and then playing in a couple, um, you know, one if you're not playing in the New Year's Six Bowl, if you're not playing obviously at the time, and it'd be to be able to be done prior to Christmas is definitely the way to go. Um, and outside of like when you look at bowl games that you want to go to, right? Cause Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve was kind of difficult. It wasn't phenomenal, especially when you're living in Hawaii, right? Um, you want to be able to get home to your family, but for everybody else, like the people that were coming out to play on the Island, like that's a, that's a prime time game. You get a full in Hawaii, right? You get four or five days in Hawaii. And then the game is done you know, by seven or eight. And if your team charters, like you're back home, you know, Christmas morning, and then you have all of Christmas break, uh, to be with your family and friends. And so, you know, that's, uh, a lot of fun. Um, but the two, and then maybe even outside of the white bowl, but the other bowl games that you want to go to are one of the games in San Diego and one of the games in Vegas. Um, if you can go to the Vegas Bowl, the Vegas Bowl is hands down the best bowl experience when it comes to outside of the, the NY6. Like, no questions asked. Cool. Good to know. I'm sure you're well aware of the big announcement last week. I mean, players go to schools and they want to compete at the highest level. And uh, you, I don't know that BYU is necessarily going to make a financial commitment at the highest level. Probably not. We don't know all the details, but it's clear to us that they are making a bigger, better commitment 
which I think can pay untold dividends. It may not pay dividends for the second generation of collies, but I'm expecting, you know, in 10 years or so, maybe 15 to third generation of collies running around at BYU. And uh, with that in mind, um, your reaction to BYU up in the ante, because Tom said that literally we knew we had to up the ante as far as uh, funding the football program. Yeah, and that's something that we've, we've talked about, right? Like, they had to make some sort of match or increase to um, really level up. To be a part and to be a serious kind of competitor in the Big 12 like they want to be, uh, the first thing you had to do was pay the coaches and, and pay the support staff and increase resources, and you had to take yourself to that next level. It's like you've been in an office space, right, that's uh, in – you know, uh, in a business park and you're now in a situation where you need to be in a bigger market city and you need to buy a building. And so, um, from the sound of it, right. Uh, Tom bought the building and he put his eggs in that basket. And I genuinely believe that it's the best decision for BYU and the position that they're in and what they're going into. Um, there isn't a, a better guy for the situation right now than Kalani Sataki. Um, and I genuinely believe that what happens over the next, you know, six, seven years will be game changing and put BYU in a position to, you know, compete for opportunities to play in the Big 12 championship, right? To be in the playoff picture, um, and, and to be right where BYU's, you know, kind of wanted to be for so long and talked about being for so long, uh, you know, all the actions are finally being being put into place to make that happen. I thought if there was anything encouraging in that, it was that Tom said, you know, they're going to keep looking. If they need to adjust, they will adjust. Because when you look at what the top of the uh, Big 12 has been paying, and you can set aside Oklahoma and Texas because they're leaving, but TCU was paying right. $6.1 million. Now they're, they change coaches, and their new coach isn't getting that. He's probably at about four and a half, which is still the top of the league. That seems like it's further than BYU would want to go, but also that seems where college football is going. And I thought when Tom said, we're going to keep track of it, and if we need to adjust, we'll make adjustments, I thought that was encouraging because even though they've gone in deeper in the pool than they've ever been, they didn't go all the way to the deep end, it seems clear, but it seems like they know if they're going to be in the Big 12, they need to be good in the Big 12 and do what that takes. And I think a lot of that shows what BYU and what the relationship that Kalani has with BYU. The school is to him, how important the program is to him. This isn't just a, uh, you know, this is a, this is a legacy move. And what he's doing to be able to say, hey, guys, like, I don't expect you to pay the top, top dollar, right, for what I've done. But let's keep an open mind. I'm willing, right, and open to have those conversations for the adjustments. Um, and Tom being, you know, very willing and wanting to do those things. Like this is, you're in a good situation when, when you have two guys like Tom and Kalani, um, in negotiations, uh, to be honest with you, knowing both of them very well and personally, and, you know, growing up with, with Tom, um, as him and my dad were teammates at BYU and good friends for a very long time. Like I, I, don't imagine that those conversations uh, in those coming weeks to that decision being made, there wasn't a lot of uh, spike or banter um, 
in regards to money. It was genuinely two people getting together and talking about what was best for BYU and putting in them in the best position to win. And part of that is delivering a certain amount of money. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Obviously, recruiting is the critical component to get good players. I'm wondering, based on your experience and your brothers and even probably your father, you know, how much of a difference this will make in recruiting. And then my question for you is, how many of the guys that you think, and I, I can't pinpoint exactly, but I'll ask you generally speaking, the guys who go to BYU, how many of you, do you think wanted to go to BYU and were intent on going to BYU even if they didn't have all the bells and whistles because BYU is where they wanted to be. Could you put a percentage on that? Mm. With the top, like with the top athletes, with the guys with multiple offers, right? Uh, the guys who genuinely just wanted to be at BYU for what BYU is, is maybe 20%, maybe 25%. That low, huh? Yeah. Uh, I think I think the bells and whistles and the culture of the program, right, and where it's headed and the momentum and all of these things, um, you know, it, it, it does make what a lot of people will say, right, the cultural side of it, it, it kind of washes that out. And before, that was kind of a worry for a lot of people. And you look at, for instance, what, Jamal Williams setting that pace in the sense of Jamal had, you know, Utah, San Diego State, Boise State at the time, right? And this was in 2011, 2012, when those teams were top tier, you know, that's when the, those teams were kind of, uh, they were in the top 25 every year. They were big programs. And, um, you know, he genuinely set the tone of, was one of the very few guys, LBS or not, that was, you know, he loves BYU for BYU. And that was probably one of the rarest things that I had ever seen uh, out of any of the teammates that my brothers had, that I had, or anything like that. And so it's a, it's a very, very small amount that are just like, yes, I'm going to BYU just for BYU. I think a lot of you fans love the voice you just did. That was good. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, so how much does the needle move at the other end here, the more – they win, how much do more guys, church members or not church members, become available and open to the coaching staff? And how much is the coaching staff just wasting time pursuing guys that are going to come in second on? How much does this really change? Because they're sitting on 21 wins. They could be 22-3 and three over two years if they win this bowl game. Well, they will be if they win the bowl game. Yeah, and, and I, I, it's a game changer. Like, this is everything that they're doing is lining up with a team that is entering the big 12 and doesn't just want to say, Hey, let's, okay, we're going to go into the big 12 and we're going to, you know, build out this program and we're going to make adjustments and all of these things that the adjustments that are being made are okay. One, right. We're going in to compete in the big 12 right away. Okay. And then the adjustments are coming. If, how close are we to winning the Big 12? How close are we to getting ourselves in a playoff picture? Um, you know, those, those elements of it. It's not like, hey, we're just building this program to get ready for the Big 12. The, or while we're in the Big 12, like when this conference enters happens, BYU expects to be competing uh, at the highest level and competing for championships and doing that realistically. 
in order to do that, uh, they're needing to make sure that they have access to these types of athletes. And I think, you know, even over the last two or three years, you're seeing um, LDS and LDS guys make BYU a priority in their recruiting stops. And I think that they have that great opportunity to be successful because they have a lot to offer when they go into the Big 12. The fan base is incredible, and now we've got the financial commitment. Looks like Kalani will be there and going into basketball. Pope's a dynamic guy and all that stuff. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, do you foresee a situation where, and they don't necessarily make it public, but they sort of loosen the standards a little bit and not are so persnickety on every little thing. And if you step one inch across that line, we're going to zap you, whatever that line is. You know, obviously, if you go out and commit a crime, the, the line, we're not talking about that. But we're just talking about day-to-day stuff that seems like these rules. Well, tell them the pregame shaving story. Yeah, you may even know it. Uh, there was a star player, and this was told to me by somebody who knows exactly what they're talking about, that came in the locker room, a star player, and was told 20 minutes before kickoff, you've got to shave. You can't go out there looking like this 20 minutes before kickoff. Right. <laughs> you know, you're. it's not basketball. You're, you're, you're in a football field with a helmet on, and who cares, you know, what you look like uh, at, and – game day, you know, and if you don't want to shave, so be it. Do you, do you see, and, I, and I'm trying to, and I got to be careful here because I'm not saying, well, just become right. of the world and just blow your standards off for the sake of winning. But at the same time, just maybe loosen up a little bit. I once had a coach ask me, just, why can't I just grow my mustache just down a little bit below my mouth? I say, Coach, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. All I know is it's stupid. And he was a great coach. He's not there anymore. But do you foresee maybe they can loosen it up a little bit? Because uh, I always find it interesting when he goes back for pro day, even the great Taysom Hill, who is the model LDS guy, they have beards because they're finally cut free. <laughs> they can, and they can, they can loosen up a little bit. Do you see that maybe they could do that? Yeah, and, you know, there's, and that that is obviously right a, a, a tough topic, right? Because you do have all these wants, and you want to have long hair, and you want to have you know a, a full beard if you can do it, and you you want all of these things. But ultimately, and depending on who the coach is, right? The way that Kalani enables players to choose who they are as people, right? and giving them um, and ultimately leading by example, right? It is very difficult to not want to be the best version of yourself to represent the school um, and do it in a way that, you know, hey, if that means shaving, if that means keeping your hair short, you know, uh, you're going to do it. And, Ultimately, these are all things that you come into the university knowing. Now, to say that it is as cut and dry, right, as, hey, oh, you do that one thing and, or you step over the line and it's all over and it's all said and done, I think that's one of the kind of greatest misconceptions in terms of, and, and this is going to take this a little bit to the next level and maybe not a sports show, but uh, when you understand and you look at the way that, 
right, the school is modeled after and, and who owns the school. And, you know, being the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, there is a focus on that Christ-like love when looking into these, you know, types of honor code infractions and things like that. And you're given options and you're given choices. Now, if your boss were to come to you two and you guys had beards and your boss said, hey, go ahead and shave that or else we're not going to pay you, right? There are some members of the boosters, okay, who are donating a plethora of money who may come in and say, hey, guess what, right? You're going to need to shave that because they're old school and they have a certain way and, you know, they want that old, that old school look. Now, in terms of getting in the way of the money, right, if there's a certain standard that your boss wants you to keep, you're going to go and keep that standard, Right. Uh, because you don't want it to get in the way of the money. And so there's so many aspects of that conversation that are difficult to discuss. I think in today's game, you see it all the time, right? You see guys with a little more scruff. You see guys with a little bit longer hair. Um, and these are all things that are just kind of uh, part of the growth of the program. And when the expectation from Kalani is to genuinely be the best version of yourself, you're still going to have guys that don't give, like, they don't care, Right. Like, they're still going to go out and do things that they shouldn't be doing, and, and they're going to go and put themselves first instead of the team first. But uh, when it comes to the honor code, it's more of a, you know, you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, chances are you're going to make some mistakes because the honor code is extremely, you know, tight. Uh, but you'd hope that, you know, you just kind of work your best and, and try and make the most of it, and Kalani understands that, and, that's ultimately his goal, and the way that he enforces that is with genuine love. And, you know, you get guys who are a lot more uh, prone to choosing that way than going off the scale on the complete opposite side because they're so forced into doing things like it has been in the past. So Yox got the clock on us, but we're probably about 15 minutes into the interview, and we've not asked you a thing about the bowl game. Do you consider victory foregone conclusion and we shouldn't be talking about it or there's stuff that worries you and you better pass that along to the audience right now? Yeah, no, there's nothing that worries me. I honestly think I, I think it'll be a great opportunity for guys to um, to get the bowl experience, you know, for, for you to play the freshmen who uh, still have a few games so they don't burn red shirts, right? And a uh, good opportunity for Baylor to play some, hopefully, and um, yeah, if, if you want to put a stamp on the season, right, uh, you walk into that game and you just absolutely dominate and you make, uh, ultimately you kind of make a mockery of <laughs> what the college football playoff is in the New Year's Six Bowls and you just say, hey, you know, yeah, expected to blow this team out and we're going to blow this team out. So that would be uh, my vote of uh, direction in this game. Well, we appreciate the time as always, Dylan. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again. Absolutely. See you guys. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show will get you up to date. The NFL, college football, the jazz, Big T was on. Stay with us. With a blowout victory over San Diego State, Blake Anderson and the Aggies have brought an improbable Mountain West Conference Championship to Logan. Logan. Now the Aggies prepare for a showdown against Oregon State in the first ever L.A. Bowl in SoFi Stadium. Your home for the best coverage of Aggie football. Aggie football.
as well as all the play-by-play action is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK. DJ PK, it's time to get you updated on everything you missed if you joined the show late. It's brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call or visit Lee'sHeatAC.com now to schedule free in-home estimate or free second opinion. Unrelated to this, what? There's and I'm I'm forgetting his name now. Doggone it, I knew it. We had we had Lee's out yesterday. It's a guy my wife trusts. We've had Lee's problems. Yeah, he came out, literally fixed it in like two minutes. Sebastian? No. I want to say maybe Trevor, but I'm not sure. Latavius? Ethan. I'm messing this up. Tanner. You're not helping. Just throwing out Riley's favorite names doesn't help. Sterling? Joaquin? <laughs> Joaquin. Why when you say Joaquin do I think of Joaquin Andujar? <laughs> Great pitcher. Yeah. Oh, hothead, man. Stormed home plate game seven after the Cardinals got gypped in game six against the Royals. Remember that? I don't. There's a play at first base, and they called him uh, safe, and he was out. And the Royals went on one game six, and then it was game seven, and they blew out the Cardinals. And that umpire was at first because they rotate and move down mm-hmm. the home plate. They were so steamed at him because they didn't use replay in then, and it clearly right. he was out. And, uh, and that led to them losing the game. And they got blown out in Game Seven. The Cardinals yeah. did, and they put in onto hard to pitch, and he got so ticked. They called the ball when it was a strike, or you know, I mean, called a uh, yeah, ball when it was a strike. He like stormed the home plate. You know, I'm sure you can go look it up. And they lost that game, so the Royals and George Brett got his World Series. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, I remember the series. I remember the blown call. Yeah, so in Game Seven. Andohar was just because the, the Cardinals were on edge anyway, mm-hmm. and they got blown out. Yeah, Don Denkinger, I think, was the ump who missed the call. All right, stuff we talked about in the, this show: the Monday Night Football game, Rams beat the Cardinals thirty to twenty-three. You were telling us how you don't believe in the Cardinals. They had the NFL's Not to best the level record. of best record. Not to the level, right? Playoff team. Yeah, that's going to happen without question. They started seven and zero. They've gone three and three in their last six. At all home games. Yes, they've lost three home games in a row. Still undefeated on the road. (laughs) So maybe they shouldn't worry about being the three seed and having to go to Tampa Bay and Green Bay on consecutive weekends. If that's how I'd be worried about playing those two teams on consecutive weekends, no matter anywhere, right? And that was the reason to stay as the top seed, as you only have to play one of them if they're the two and three seeds. Aaron Rodgers is second best thrower I've ever seen, behind John Elway. There you go. Not saying he's the best quarterback. No, I get it. I get it. You qualified it. Thrower. Yeah. Just to like watch him just that arm and yeah. deliver a ball. Right. Thing of beauty. Exactly. Yes. Absolutely love watching it. On Aaron the spot, Rogers. on the money. Yeah. Short, medium, long, left side, right side. Right. Him on the move or what, him with the feet whatever. set. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Now he's become a little bit of a diva here lately. A little bit. But I've done a really good job for me. Of ignoring the drama? Yes. And just watching the football. Like, I know a lot of people don't like LeBron because of his other stuff. Go and just watch the basketball and block the other stuff out. I do. Yeah. So the thing here is, how is Green Bay? Because I thought Green Bay and Pittsburgh were both going to move on from their quarterbacks. And in Pittsburgh, Roethlisberger has clearly slipped. 
I don't think he's most of what's wrong with the team. Most of what's wrong with the team is they can't run the ball and they can't stop the run. They are a lot of players away from being a good team. However, all the more reason to move on from him. He's eating up cap room. He's not what he was, nor is he good enough to fix the many things or cover up the many things that are wrong with your team. But in Arizona, or excuse me, in Green Bay, the team is that good. And Rodgers is clear at the top of his game. Why in the world would they move on? I don't know. they got to figure that out. They cannot Unless let that... Unless they really believe in Jordan Love, a la Rodgers Favre, Montana Young. I would argue that right now, Rodgers is better than Montana was the day they moved on from him, and Rodgers is better than Favre the day they moved on from him. Now, that's a whole I, separate question I about... I agree with you is, on 100%. Yeah, is, is, love, is love Steve Young? I, have I don't no, think so, not. but I don't I mean, know. Steve right? Young is a Hall of Famer. And, and is love Aaron Rodgers? Probably not, because Aaron Rodgers is all famous. Which tells me, I don't think you should move on. You're giving up more so. than those two gave up, and you're going to replace them Are they considering moving on? Less. It seems I like think the they, drama was from Aaron. Because he knew behind the scenes they were getting ready to move I on. I think it's more of him wanting to I, move on. He's just bored. Okay, if he's just bored, <laughs> then if I'm, the, if I'm the Packers, I go Jerry Sloan, Carl Malone. Just ignore him. Yeah, yeah. Carl got it. Everyone right. else is riled up. Jerry's pulse didn't move. Like, Carl will be here. He'll be here when it's time. Always to... was. Yeah, and in September, his board, he said something, whatever. Don't don't read into that. I did think legitimately that the Packers were gearing up to move well, on. I don't know, because I think Rodgers loves the spotlight. Everything yes. he does is spotlighted. He doesn't... If you're hosting Jeopardy, you love the spotlight. And he's always dating celebrities. It's never just some... Mary down the street. You're right. It's a uh, it's a model. It's a race car driver. It's, yeah, gal right. that we know who she's yes. a movie star, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Danica Patrick. Yeah. Right? So he's always and he got this Shalane gal now, yeah. who she said she doesn't understand on love scenes why women have the brazier on because she said every time in real life when she's been in that situation she doesn't have the brazier on. That's what she said. It's a logical explanation from her. <laughs> now, let me ask you from point. personal experience. There's your point. <laughs> and we've worked our way up to it. <laughs> Cracking yourself up. <laughs> You're over there giggling yourself, buddy boy. I am. I am, as a matter of fact. I'll just plead guilty to that. That's funny. So the Rams beat the Cardinals. And now, there's a month to go. It could change. A month, man. Seems like we've been doing it for a long time. We've still got four games to go. Yeah, four games to go. And the Packers will be favored in all four games. I think the Bucs will be favored in all four games. So if they run the table, they're going to finish 1-2. And if I offered you Packers, Bucs, or the field, and the field would include the Cardinals, the Cowboys, however the wild card shakes out. Yeah, and we know the Rams will shake out uh, either as a wild card or they can win the division. They're only one game back now with four to go. So... Would you take Packers, Bucks, or the field? For, for what? To go to the Super Bowl, to represent the NFC oh, in the okay, Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah, I would I would probably take those two teams. I mean, they're they've they're proven commodities. I th- I think the Packers get get him this year. I think he's he obviously he wants one more. Everyone, whatever you got, you want Everybody one more. Everybody wants one more, yeah. But I mean he's only won one. Even I know. though that's the word only, I hesitate to say that. Uh, but for a prolific guy, it seems like you need more than one. Although one is plenty good. But Well, you were just uh, saying yesterday, uh, you're judging quarterbacks by Super Bowls. That's a big thing to you. Well, I think it's a big thing to everybody. I think the great ones, the Hall of Fame elite level, 
we go that way. Uh-huh. I don't think Taysom Hill we're no. going that way. No, we're not going to. So few of those guys get them. Every once in a while it happens. But most of the Super Bowls are won by Hall of Fame guys. And I think Eli Manning will be a Hall of Fame guy because of the two Super Bowls. They missed the playoffs a lot of years, and his stats aren't all-time stats. But he won two know, Super and Bowls. It's so and bizarre. He, you get that, uh, who was the guy, Malcolm, what was his last name, makes the interception. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you get Tyree, oh. Malcolm Butler. You got Tyree catching the ball against his head. Yep. I've never seen a guy catch a ball against his helmet on a bomb where he jumps And that's why when that. you say helmet catch, we all know what play you're yeah. talking about because there's yet, only one and of them. Eli, who made a great play to get out of the tackle for sure, uh, he gets all this benefit from, oh, he won two Super Bowls, man. That's his guaranteed ticket to the Hall of Fame, even though he is the Florida Morelands of NFL quarterbacks. Either nothing or everything. Yeah. <laughs> and so... He's probably going to get in, and he's got the name recognition, right? Right. Uh, but you wonder. It's so. It's Has anybody with two Super Bowls like been left out? I, I'd have to look. I don't. I don't know. think so. I I can't. The problem is I wasn't. I, I can't remember the '60s like you can. I mean, I know, I know you don't literally remember them, but you know. I of learned them. about them, yeah. even though I didn't see them. Right. Right. And, and you're. I mean, I know Bart Starr's in the Hall of Fame, and I think Don Greasy. Excuse me, Bob Greasy, Don Shula, yeah. Bob Greasy. I, made, I, made I one knew person. it wasn't Don. I was well, I know, but again, we're getting back to I'm just too young. Uh, but Brian Bob, Greasy isn't. Brian Greasy is not in. He's in the hall. He's in not in the hall. He's in the Monday Night Football booth. Yeah. But his dad, not a bad booth. But his dad, Bob, quarterbacked the team to the perfect season. So I assume he's in. Yeah, through like what twelve passes in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I think there was one he threw six. It, it was nothing. Um. Yeah, he is. He's in both the college and pro football hall of fame. So I don't. I don't think there's anybody with two. Then you get to Bradshaw, Montana. I don't know. Plunkett. Plunkett has two. I wonder if he's in. He has two Super Bowls. Yeah. Oh, uh, Raiders. Yeah. Later. Yep. That was a resurrection, wasn't it? Big time. Big time. So my wife keeps asking me, and maybe you guys know this. There's some football movie that's coming out Christmas Day. Is it about Kurt Warner? It is. <laughs> Are you serious? She's asked me like three times. Yes, it's about Kurt Warner. But I don't pay attention to movies. The trailer for well, it. Well, I know, but the trailer, I don't either. But the trailer's in all the football games I'm watching. I know, but a commercial comes on, click. And sometimes, <laughs> but I watch enough that, that it's on. That trailer makes it look like it's going to be absolutely horrendous, but that's just me. Oh, I haven't seen it. And last night, we were watching. She wanted to watch the Cardinals a little bit. So she says, there it is, there it is. And I said, oh, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so even when it came on, my mind was drifting because I had my phone and I was messing around. Manning should make it because Jim Plunkett is the only quarterback who's won two Super Bowls twice. He's won the two Super Bowls and has not gone into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's a uh, college football Hall of Famer. Plunkett, you're talking about? Yeah, he took won the Heisman Trophy and took Stanford to oh, yeah. the uh, you're an all time to the Rose Bowl twice, I think, actually. Twice, and John Elway didn't even get him into a bowl game. The Cal band stole them. Yes, two story. <laughs> So that football game was wildly entertaining, and we'll see if the Rams can break through. Maybe they could beat the Bucks and beat the Packers. But right now, it seems like a tall order to beat those two well, teams on consecutive weeks in the playoffs on the road. So if, good luck with that. If the Rams make the Super Bowl and win it, then your theory of quarterbacks out the window. What's my theory, and why is it out the window? 
I don't mean your specifically, okay. that we put all this stock in quarterbacks. Here's a dude, Stafford, playing on a crappy team in a crappy organization all these years, mm-hmm. and he never won a playoff game. Oh, he's 0-3. Yep. So it's more than the quarterback. It's way more than the quarterback. Well, I, first off, I always believe it's way more than the quarterback, but especially in the pro game, in a college game, you could have more talent at all 22 positions. You can't do that in the pros. These teams are more evenly matched, and the quarterback is so important, and there's so little difference between the teams, the quarterback has a huge role. He would be the outlier. And Certainly people would, has a huge People role. would dump on the Lions. If he goes in his first year outside the Lions and wins the Super Bowl, people would be like, But he's always been good. Up. Right. He's carried the Lions as far as you can, but it's still a team game, and the Lions is just, they are a historically disastrous franchise. One playoff win in 60, going on 65 years? Horrific. I mean, we were talking earlier about Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and they've won. They've been to at least two AFC title games, and I think they've won like six playoff games in 25, 30, 25, almost yeah, twenty-five plus years. It's not thirty yet, I don't think. And they've won six, and they're not a good franchise. And I think Urban's going to get fired after one year. I think that whole thing from Jacksonville's Ooh. owner yesterday was, "I'm not going to fire him in season, but I'm watching what's going on." Sally and at the end of the year, Jenkins will make the Washington will make the change. Just lit into him, the owner or Urban? Urban, okay. Sally Jenkins, letting him have it. Yeah. yeah, at this point, everybody's letting him have it. It does seem like dead man walking. So Sally Jenkins is just a, a late hit. <sighs> Flag, fifteen yards, unnecessary column roughness, piling on, piling on. They don't call it piling on anymore. That was a great. That was yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Unnecessary roughness. Fifteen yards piling on. Sally Jenkins, wasn't she one of the ones who said it was just an abomination last year to play football? But yet there's no you accountability. Would, you would remember more than I do. Yeah, I know people said it. I don't know that she. Oh did. yeah, and yeah, who okay. was the one? Christine Brennan. The worst day ever in Big Ten history when they decided to come back. And they make these statements, and there's no ramifications. Nope. Nope. Worst like, day ever. Like your Penn guy State. Hammer said, Whittingham's going to retire if they go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Ramifications. But there'll be none. Oh, well, let's get him on and hold him accountable. If he'll come on the show. Well. No, they will. The last few times Jock's tried to book him, mm, we haven't got him. He doesn't come on in the That's morning. too early for me. That's yeah. the exact response I've gotten recently. <laughs> um, now, maybe he does retire. And maybe the Hammer. Well, either way, we got to get the Hammer on. Yeah. You were wrong he, or you were right. He nails it. Yeah. That's why I make no definitive statements outside as I guarantee the Utes will win the Rose Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, other stuff we have uh, talked about. Quarterbacks transferring. Oklahoma's quarterback is going to South Carolina. USC's quarterback is in the portal. We don't know where he's going. Uh, Texas A&M's quarterback is in the portal, and we don't know where he's going. Zach Calzada, who who led them to the win over number one ranked Alabama, gave Bama the Crimson Tide's only loss. And Slovis had a really good run at USC, looked like he was the next big thing. Now he's not the starter, and he's looking for a place to play football. Yeah, I think he looks into Pac-12 and see who has quarterback openings. Uh, Cal. Uh, go to the Mountain West, go to San Diego State. Nah, they got a good team, they need a quarterback. Uh, yeah, but the offense is not going to change. Would Herm take him? No, because they, they got Daniels. I know they've got Daniels, but would this be an upgrade? 
I think it would. I, I've thought it. Daniels has been so overrated. I was hoping he went, but where would he go? What is Washington's quarterback situation? Well, they got Eward, the third Eward here. And so he was like a 10-star local kid. Yeah. All Washington. sorts of pressure on them to play Washington him. State doesn't need a quarterback. No. Stanford, I think that position would be we're, open. We're leaving one out. Uh, what? O- Oregon? Yes! But Oregon's got this five-star dude from Phoenix, this Thompson kid, who was just ridiculous that he didn't play. Slovis has two years of eligibility. But if he went Arizona. to Arizona, if he went to Oregon and won and lit it up, he's not looking to play two years, right? And that is a, you know, five star kid can wait one year, can he? He's already did. He didn't play this year. That'd be two. Well, then no. he then he transfer. No, then, <laughs> yeah, right? Then he he waited two not years. Not You're right. I'm shocked he didn't put his name in the portal. They bet old him. New coach job is open. Get him in there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Oregon State. I mean, they got the Nolan kid, uh, and they're a running team, too. But, yeah. I mean, Arizona doesn't have enough talent. I wouldn't go to Arizona if I were Slovis. Well, he, he's from the Phoenix area, as most great quarterbacks are, that, and they don't go to Tempe. Uh, yeah, maybe the Big 12 then. Uh, Colorado. Uh, oh, uh, Westwood. That'd be something. Just You don't even have to move. That would be something. What's that, 10 miles? From SC's campus, yeah, 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 yeah. That's... Most of those kids go online now, anyway. But, uh, but yeah, because is DTR coming out? Is he done? I think DTR was a senior. I think he's done. I believe you are correct. Can you double check that? I can't remember with the up, COVID yuck. thing. I know with the COVID thing, it messes up. But I think DTR is done. And plus, you've got and then, so you're going to an eight win team. And then you got missions too. You're in LA. You Stop. can't remember. Stop. They've what? got some good skill players there. Oh, for DTR sure. DTR is a senior. Yeah. So that'll yeah, open that's a spot that job there. Was open. Although, but Garber's younger brother is Ethan, a player. Ethan Garber's. But, I mean, you're, you're not going to get – you really want to go someplace where, right yeah, you're just guaranteed to start with no questions asked. And are you sure he'll stay in the Pac-12, not go Big 12? No. No, I'm not sure of anything. And I don't have the Big 12 quarterback situation. I just read something yesterday yeah. that he was looking to stay Big 12 – or Big – excuse me, Pac-12, Pac-12 local. All right. NBA, Suns lose to the Clippers, 111-95. Booker didn't play. Ayton didn't play. Clippers win easily. Clippers will be here to play the Jazz tomorrow night. The Warriors eke out a win over the Pacers, 102-100. So now they have the best. The Warriors have the best record in the NBA. Half game in front of the Suns, two and a half in front of the Jazz. We're in, we passed the Suns by New Year's. Well, they played. Passed the, the Warriors by All-Star break. The Warriors play... The Jazz, New Year's Night, after the Rose Bowl. Football, basketball, doubleheader for local sports fans. Great. Got the Rose Bowl kickoff and then straight into the Jazz and the Warriors. So Jazz, have they play New Year's They play Christmas night and and New New Year's Year's Night. New Year's Night, you're saying? Uh, Yeah, it's January 1st. Nice game. Big game. All right, DJ and PK, that's some of what we were talking about this morning. If you miss Big T, Thurl Bailey, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google Play, iTunes, wherever. And you can hear Big T at Dylan Collion talking BYU as well. DJ and PK, the whole show is there. You can podcast the entire show if you want. Or Yach sets it up so you can pick out uh, a few key segments. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Your feedback next.
And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Minky Couture wants to help you out this holiday season with the perfect gift. Stop by any location from Ogden to St. George today. Mention Zone 50 and save 50%. Guys, it's a no-brainer. Get in today, save 50%, and get the best gift ever from Minky Couture. Time for your feedback, PK. You are making the people laugh. (laughs) Greg says, you're hilarious, PK. Constantly making fun of DJ for knowing things like how many road games the Chargers won in 1977. And you just recounted exact details of a Cardinals-Royals game from 40 years ago. Okay, the difference is I said the 60s. I didn't say the 70s. I said the 60s. Well, you know I've read about the 60s. I don't remember. That's what I said. Right. Whereas the game that I just recited are, was the, in the 80s. And they're also pretty famous World Series games. But you're still going back 35 years. That's a good memory. Right, but I saw one. I yep. watched it. I saw it. The 60s, I don't have any memories of sporting events in the 60s. Just old film we've watched. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm certainly aware Clips. of stuff. But there I was this really them. cold game in Green Bay, and Bart Starr dove, in, dove, into, dove into the end zone to win it. Oh, yeah, with the ice bowl? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then what they called it? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I couldn't Apparently tell Apparently they played an awesome game the year before for the NFL title in Dallas, and there was a last second oh, touchdown pass, oh, I didn't know and that. nobody knows anything about that game. And, and like, literally, I've told you everything I know about that and game. And the Pac won? Yeah, I think like it was high scoring, like 34-27 or something like that. But this one game is lore and gets mentioned like every two weeks. Oh, because of the ice bowl? And the, yeah, because of the weather. And the yeah. other game gets nothing. Well, it was also, I think it was Lombardi's uh, last NFL title. So there was... There was the that. ice bowl was. Mm-hmm. I did yeah. not know that. Kurt Warner tweets coming in after you referenced the movie and your uh, your wife wondering about it. If the movie mimics the TV coverage back in the day, the Kurt Warner story will be mostly focused on his wife and a grocery store. Brenda. <laughs> oh, and he boxed uh, groceries, yeah. Well, it is a phenomenal story, man. Wasn't he like uh, some yeah. indoor league or what have yes. you? Yes, arena league. Iowa Barnstormers. Is in northern yep. uh, Iowa, was it? Yep, you and I, yep. And then he does. He has two stories. He wins a Super Bowl with the Rams, comes a yard short on the second one, then goes into obscurity and gets a... Putrid franchise wins four playoff games for the Cardinals, helps them get a stadium, and oh, I guess they had a stadium before, but uh, but the franchise sucked for decades. Got them within a toe-tapping touchdown of a Super Bowl. Yeah, and they won four playoff games that's for a, them. That's an underrated Super Bowl finish, too. That was a great throw, great San coverage, Antonio great Holmes. catch. Yeah. Who had been suspended earlier in the year. Just win, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and it ends up with Kurt Warner in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. From the grocery store to Canton, Ohio. Super Bowl champ, MVP. Plus, he's all around good dude. Keaton Slovis' high school quarterback coach. Two MVPs, two Super Bowls, and one Super Bowl championship. And a Partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> All right, you can look for that movie. All right, thanks for your feedback. Is it rated R? No idea. Jake and Ben (laughs) are coming up next.